Today we're going to look at John chapter 8 verses 31 and 32 and try to see how we live by this portion of the Word of God. In John chapter 8, Jesus says, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So let me ask you a question. At this exact moment in time, what is the word that God has given you to enable you to know what to do in going forward? Do you have a word? Do you have instruction from God at this moment to do and to keep doing it? I can give you an example of having an instruction from God which has kept me going for the past 50 years. One instruction which has kept me going for 50 years. The instruction that God gave me is in two places saying the same thing. Hebrews chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 10. We are all at different places in time at the moment. I'm 83, 83 years old. You might be 20. Some of you are 30 and 40, and you have children. We're in different circumstances of life. But for each one of us who believe in Jesus, who believe in God, he leads us. He leads us right now, showing us how to go forward, where we are at this exact moment in time. If you do not have anything that's showing you what to do, if you don't have any specific scripture, specific information or concept from God showing you what to do, let me suggest that you ask God for wisdom. James 1.5 if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. So ask God to help you to see exactly what you need to be doing at this point in time. God might bring to your memory a scripture. He might bring to your memory a concept. I've had both that have led me. If we continue in his word, he says we are his disciples, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Shortly after I was born again, I was taken into heaven. It was in the night while I was asleep. I knew I was with God, I was with Christ, I was with the Holy Spirit. At that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. A few nights later, the exact same thing happened to me. At the time, I thought it happened to all people who were Christians because I had been born again by God speaking a word to me a few weeks prior to this. 
And I thought this is what happened to everybody who was born again. So I didn't mention it to anyone. I just thought it was normal. I had a friend at that time who was 10 years younger than I, and Bill was sort of like a St. Bernard puppy in personality, big guy. And we were having breakfast together, and he was just shoveling food into his mouth. Bill had been born again about six months prior to the time I was born again. And he just talked all the time about how great it was to be a Christian. I really thought he was crazy because I thought, well, what's so great about that? Everybody's a Christian. Then I had this experience. (laughs) Well, it is great. And so I said to Bill, Bill, you know, you're right about this thing of being a Christian. It's great. The thing I like best is that thing that happens to you in the night. Bill keeps eating, and he says, what thing? And I said, well, I don't know what it's called. It's when you're taken into heaven, and you're with God, and you're with Christ, and you're with the Holy Spirit. And by that time, Bill has stopped eating, and he's staring at me. And he said, what are you talking about? Well, this is the first time I had any idea that whatever happened to me was not normal. It wasn't just a part of being a Christian. Plus, after being taken into heaven twice this way, I was really, really on fire for things of God. After that happened, I read the Bible constantly. I went to church every time the door opened. I was there. Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening, all special services. I went to a prayer group in our neighborhood, and I was always at the prayer group. So I was really on fire for things of God. And people everywhere I went were saying things like, we know the hand of God is on you, because God kept giving me word of knowledge. And I would present the word of knowledge to them, and somebody would be have a problem, and it would answer the problem. So they recognized there was something unusual here. And finally, I began to admit there was something unusual that had happened to me. After that, God showed me that I was to be a minister He showed me the exact offices that I was to work in. Ephesians chapter 4, Jesus gave to the church some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and some teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ. So I knew I was put into the church to help the church by the will of God. You don't have that calling, perhaps, on your life. But you have something that God wants you to do in going forward. You might have children that you care for. You might have a husband or a wife, a job. You have something. You need to know specifically what it is that you are to do and the exact word of God that you are to follow at this point in time. I told you that I have two things that God showed me, and I've been following those two things for the past 45 or 50 years. 
But these are not necessarily the things that you're to be doing like I'm doing with the overall church. Because I do have a special call of God on my life to work in the church. Hebrews chapter 3. There's a scripture where it says, Exhort one another daily while it is called today lest anyone be taken away by the deceitfulness of sin. There's another scripture in Hebrews 10 that has been leading me for years, and it says, Exhort one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Exhort one another. I had been given a spiritual gift of exhortation to make these recordings for you, and God gave me information to start doing podcasts so I'm working in the will of God and devils will come to try to persuade me not to do this how do I keep doing it how do I keep walking in the word that I've been given well I do it because of these scriptures when I'm discouraged here's this scripture telling me exhort one another and even more as you see the day approaching and God has given me a very strong vision of the coming of Jesus and the great tribulation so I see the day approaching so this motivates me to go and do what God has shown me to do and it's been keeping me in the way for 45 or 50 years So what kind of word do you have that you're going by? It could be a dream that you had. I know a woman who had a dream that her unbelieving husband was reading the Bible. And when she became discouraged, I'd say, think on that dream that what God has shown you. Think on that because that's what will happen. It's not that you'll make it happen, but that is to give you encouragement to hold fast. See, you need a word. What scripture are you living by right now? What specific scripture? There was one that I lived by for several months at one period of time in my life. I still try to live by it, but it was one that was highlighted for me. God illuminated it was so strong and I followed it so carefully for several months I believe it's in Philippians chapter 2 we'll look that up it is in Philippians chapter 2 start at verse 5 let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, the part of the scripture that I saw so strongly was he made himself of no reputation. Are you doing anything at all right now to make yourself appear 
wonderful in some way. People want to appear wonderful. We all want to appear wonderful. Often God gives me messages which make me appear unwonderful. But to make yourself of no reputation, that you don't have to try to impress people with the clothing you're wearing or with the degrees that you've earned in college or with anything. Trying to put on airs to draw people to yourself. I certainly don't get to do that. God has had me go an opposite way. Jesus said he was meek and lowly in heart. And if we would take on his yoke and learn of him, learn to go that way. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. A lot of times we're attracting the wrong people to ourselves if we try to make ourselves a reputation. I wrote some books for that are published on Amazon, ministry books. And when I started out writing them, they recommended that I do an author's page telling about myself, that that helps sell the books. I did not do that. The message that is from God will identify me to those who are of God. I don't have to tell you anything about myself other than examples of God telling me something and I followed him. So I did not do that. If the message is from God and you're of God, you will recognize me as being of God by the message. One time I had a dream about this. We were in a war. And the difficulty was we all had on the same uniforms. So to identify us to our army, God gave a password. And when we spoke that password, those people who were on our side recognized us as being a part of their army. Today, Hundreds and thousands and millions of people say they are Christians. Who are the ones who are Christians? They're going to be the ones who are following God. That they get information from God and follow Him. And when we tell of getting information and following God, those people recognize us and they know we're of God. The vast majority of the ones who say they're Christians aren't even Christians. They joined the church. We were baptized by Jesus with the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we follow the Spirit of God. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, As many as are the children of God, they're the ones that follow the Spirit of God. So you're going to recognize that one that's following the Spirit of God. Right now, I'm 83 years old. I live in the home of Pam Paget. Pam Paget, for three or four years, I'd watched her. When she had a problem, she didn't come to me and tell me, I've got a problem. 
she turned to God with the problem. And she prayed, asking God to help her. And he gave her wisdom to deal with the problem. Then after the problem was totally resolved, sometimes Pam would mention to me, oh, this happened, I had this problem, but God showed me to do such and such. So I did it, and that took care of the problem. I watched that do that for at least three years. I had an accident when I was 80 years old and fell at my house. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to continue to live at that house. And God even told me, you'll never see this house again. As they were rolling me on the gurney past the door of the house. So I knew I wouldn't be living there again. I was living alone. But I didn't know what was going to happen. There was a woman in our church group at that time that I'm sure she would have taken me into her home. But I'd prayed for probably 40 years about this woman. And what I prayed was this. God, please don't ever let me be put in her control if I can't make decisions for myself. So there was no way I wanted to go to her house. Whose house would I have chosen? Well, I would have chosen Pam Padgett's because I've watched her work. I've watched her turn to God. She didn't turn to me asking me what to do when she ran into a problem. She settled it with God. This is the kind of person that I want to be around, and this is what a Christian is. A real Christian has a connection with God. The rest of those people pray, but they're not really connected to God. Or they may try to follow a scripture because of their own mind seeing the scripture, but they're not connected with God. They're not taking everything to God in prayer. They're not solving their problems with God. And what they will do is latch on to a person like me and try to hang on to me because they know I'm connected to God and they know they're not connected to God. They don't have faith to pray. They don't have faith to go forward with God. This takes faith in God. And unless you have the Spirit of God, you are not going to be in a position to even try to do this. So they latch on to a preacher, and they think they're okay spiritually because they're going to church. But they're not. Unless we have a personal relationship with God, with the Word, and are following the Word and doing the Word and keep doing the Word and have a Word from God, not just a scripture that you have found, but a Word that God has illuminated to you. Unless we have that, how can we go forward in things of God? We can't. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ the Word and Him crucified. 
and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now that's what's got to happen with each of us. We don't go forth in the wisdom of men and in the clever things men say, but in the power of God. You have got to have a strong personal relationship with God and follow God doing that portion of the word of God that he has shown you to do, walking in that light. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul goes on and talks about the Spirit of God and what the Spirit of God does for the believer. He says, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. So yes, we do know the things that are that God has planned for us. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. There was a woman, I used to play bridge with her. I don't play bridge anymore, but I used to play bridge at a certain period of time. And she was my partner often. She would watch what I was doing around the house, and she was really admired what was happening. For example, one time I had gas logs in my fireplace, and I didn't like them, and I told her that, I was driving down the street and I saw this load of firewood on the back of a flatbed truck and I was looking at it thinking, oh, I wish I had a wood-burning fireplace. And I clearly heard from God, you can have that. And up until then, I'd never thought of taking those gas logs out and turning that into a wood-burning fireplace, but it was a wood-burning fireplace that had gas logs in it. So as soon as I heard, you can have that, I thought, well, yes, I could change that. I could make that change. So I made the change. Well, she was very impressed that I had made the change. And at the Bridge Center, I heard her telling some other people, oh, Joan has changed out her fireplace. She's taken out the gas logs and has set up wood-burning logs for her fireplace. And it's so nice and this kind of thing. And I heard her. She didn't say a word about, I had heard from God I could do this. So I said to them, but no, that's not what happened. I had this thought of wanting a wood-burning fireplace, and I heard from God 
you can have that. And then I changed it. So it was all an idea that came from God. Well, none of them wanted to hear what I said. And every one of them went to church someplace. That bridge center was filled with people who were members of churches. We had lots of Church of Christ people at that bridge center. And we had Baptist, and we had Catholic, and we had Presbyterian. But in the whole bridge center, I suppose there weren't more than four or five people that didn't connect with some church. And yet they can't stand hearing it when you say, God showed me something. See, they're not of God. It's those people who say, God showed me this that I want to hear from. I don't want to hear you're building orphanages and that you're a minister and that you're, that you're uh, giving Bibles to every person that comes to your meeting and that you're building a school for orphans and you're building a home for old folks. That's what they write and tell me they're doing. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear what God told you that got you to do this because only then am I likely to believe the work that you're doing is of God. Many are going to come saying, Oh, Lord, Lord, haven't I prophesied in your name and didn't I cast out devils and haven't I done many wonderful works? And Jesus will say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Matthew chapter 7. Why didn't he know them? Because they weren't of God. And the works they were doing were of themselves and not authored by God. I want evidence when you tell me of something you're doing. I want evidence God showed me to do this. I don't care if you're a minister or if you're an individual. I want something that tells me this is from the Spirit of God. And you don't often hear that. Like I told you, Pam Paget would say to me, and for years, three years or so, she would say to me, I had a problem with this, but I turned to God, and he showed me what to do. And I knew she was of God. The other church member would call me and say, I need you to pray. And in those days, I would do it. I don't do that today. But she would call me, and she'd say, one time she called me, and she said, Oh, she said, I'm just so afraid my father's going to become a burden to me. Her mother had died, and he was in a an old folks' home, and she would take things to him, and she was afraid that he would become a burden. So she said, I'd like you to pray. And I just simply, I didn't pray with her. I prayed with God, and I just said, please don't let him be a burden to her. He died within the next two or three days. One time she called me and asked me if I would meet her at a lighting store and help her pick out a light for her dining room table. I said, well, yeah, I guess so. En route to the lighting store, I prayed. And I said, God, please show us the right light fixture for that table so we won't have to go all over town hunting it. I walked in the door of the lighting company and I immediately saw the fixture I thought would work. So I went and sat down at the uh, counter because I wanted her to find her own light fixture. She started through the store and then about 20 minutes later came back to the place I was sitting 
I said, well, did you find anything you liked? And she said, no, no, I didn't. So then I spoke up and I said, well, that one would work. And I pointed to the one that I'd seen. And she said, oh, it would work. And she bought it. We got outside the store and I, I said to her, did you pray about this light fixture before we came to look at it? And she said to me, no, because I knew you would pray. I don't want to be following God with that kind of person. She's nothing but a burden. She will cling to you and pull you down with her. I want to follow God with the person who prays and works out the situation with God. Those are the real Christians. The others are not. Well, she was with us for something like 39 years, and she was a constant problem, constant. Her decisions were so faulty. I never saw God in her decisions. I was injured very badly in December 2018. I had to spend two and a half months in a rehab center after being injured. This same woman came to me one day, and she said, I don't care about anyone or anything anymore. She said, I don't read the Bible anymore. I don't read the blog. I don't care about anything anymore. A nurse came in about that time, and she got up, and the woman got up and went into the bathroom in my room, went into the private bathroom and shut the door. I called out to her, and I said, Don't leave. Uh, wait, uh, wait until the nurse leaves. But she took that as her opportunity to sneak out of the room. It's very interesting because after surgery... I had a vision of this woman. I thought it was a drug hallucination. But I saw this woman standing at the foot of my hospital bed. She was staring at me, and she turned around and just disappeared through the wall. Well, I thought I was having a drug hallucination until this woman did this. Then I realized the vision about her was not a drug hallucination, but God was showing me what she was going to do, disappear. It was about two weeks after I'd had that vision that she came to my room and told me she didn't care about anything anymore. So she left our group, our church group, after about 39 years. Later, she wanted to come back and she told me, she said, I just had no charity at all concerning you. And I said, oh, don't be concerned about that. Don't worry about that. Because for 39 years, you have been a problem to me. And I was glad when you left. And God had shown me what you were going to do before you did it. And so I knew when you disappeared like that and left the room and snuck out of the room, why well, I wasn't shocked at all. Because God had shown me in a vision that you were standing at the foot of my hospital bed 
and that you turned and just disappeared through the wall. So I knew ahead of time what you were going to do. So please don't be concerned from my viewpoint, because really, I'm glad you're not with us, because you've been a burden all these years, because you cannot connect with God. She's not with our group anymore. I do hope she becomes born again and is saved, of course. But there was no surprise in it, because the Spirit of God is in me and shows me things to come by the will of God. It's not like a fortune teller who's trying to see the future. It's just sometimes you're shown what's going to happen. Now, what does the Holy Spirit do? John chapter 14, verse 26. John chapter 16, verse 13. The Spirit of God in us teaches us all things, secular and spiritual guides us into all truth, reminds us of everything Jesus has said, and shows us things to come. So when the Spirit of God is in you, that's what happens with you. It's up to us to recognize the Holy Spirit is speaking when he speaks, because it's such a gentle thought that comes to our mind, and to evaluate which thoughts are of God, because devils bring thoughts to your mind, your own flesh will instigate thoughts to your mind, but the Spirit of God brings thoughts to our mind. So we latch on to the ones the Spirit of God brings and hold fast to those. And we continue in that word that God has given us, mine exhorting the church. Also, when I was born again, I had a very strong feeling that I was to get out of debt and stay out of debt. Romans chapter 12, I believe it is, says, Oh, no man, anything except to love one another. And I really felt that, Oh, no man, anything was really strongly brought to me. I got out of debt during that time. I owned a small business, and I was only in debt by about $6,000 at the time, which I'd borrowed for merchandise. I got out of debt, and also the woman I'd borrowed the money from, see, I wasn't born again at that time that I borrowed the money. I was born again later, and then I had that, oh, no man, anything. So this woman, as far as I knew, was not a believer. I did not want to be unequally yoked to an unbeliever. I'd seen that scripture in Second Corinthians chapter 6, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. I wanted to be free from that debt. I didn't know how I was going to get free from that debt, but I wanted to be free from it. I went on a buying trip. I had, my business was American Indian Arts, and mostly I sold jewelry and pottery. But I went on a buying trip, and I saw this Navajo rug, and I just couldn't walk away from it. I would always prayed before I went on buying trips that God would show me what to buy. And he would get my interest attracted to a certain object. Well, I couldn't walk away from this rug. We did not sell rugs. I did not have any rugs in my shop, and I 
never went in debt to buy merchandise. I used only the amount of money that I could take with me to the reservations. But I couldn't walk away from this rug. It was $500. So I bought the rug. I went down to Albuquerque and found a, an appraiser of Navajo rugs. It turned out she was one of the best appraisers of all time in Navajo rugs. She looked at the rug and said to me, Joan, now this is, you're really fortunate. You're really lucky because this rug is worth about $1,500 right now and it will go up in value. You don't want to sell this rug. Hang on to it. So put a price on it where it won't sell and hold on to it. I went back to Dallas where my shop was. A man came in to look at jewelry and I had the rug rolled off and off to the side of the room. And he said, what is that? And I said, oh, that's just an old Navajo rug. And he said, well, let me see it. And I said, oh, I don't think you'd like that. And he said, well, let me see it. So I rolled it out on the floor for him. He said, how much is it? And I said, $5,000. And he said, I'll take it. I was horrified. I never overcharged my customers. I always priced merchandise at the fair market price. And it was currently worth $1,500. And I knew it. And I tried to get him not to take it. He was writing out the check. And I said to him, all right, here's what I'll do. I will keep your check for one week. If you, for any reason, decide you do not want the rug, bring it back and I will hand you your check. I never saw the man again. I deposited the money, put a another thousand dollars with it and paid off my debt and was out of debt and I've never been in debt since then. When coronavirus hit I thought how horrible it would be to have a mortgage, how horrible it would be to have car payments here and be out of work. What did Jesus say? If you continue in my word then you're my disciples indeed and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.